welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Loga the Barbarian, and I've got a special guest with me today, Mark Starr, the author of Mirror of Malatesto. Now, this is going to, this is launched on Kickstarter. By the time this comes out, this will be a live Kickstarter. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. Okay, what can you tell us about the the adventure here that we're looking at? So it is, um, I call it an epic catacomb crawl. And personally, I am a huge fan of epic stories. And it's kind of one of the things that I felt was, I wasn't really getting when I was playing D&D games. I, I felt that although I was this heroic adventurer, I felt I was very much of a errand boy and, uh, <laughs> and always doing these small little favors for people. And I, I, I thought there should be so much more. So I decided I wanted to, to, to create a game that, uh, or a setting or an adventure that appealed to uh, my own sensibilities of wanting to be immersed in an epic story. Um, I love, for instance, the, the epic story behind Star Wars, where you have this simple farm boy who gets swept up in this amazing, huge tale and, and defeats the Empire and somewhat saves the universe. <laughs> I, I, I love the, 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 the concept behind Lord of the Rings, where you have a, a, a simple everyman style hobbit who gets swept up into this massive tale. One day, I, I just happened to come across um, a poster for a TV show called Salem. And although I never watched the show, it just started getting me thinking how cool it would be to immerse players in that sort of environment that existed around the era of the Salem witch trials, um, the European witch trials, the Inquisition, where there was this enormous amount of paranoia and this uh, fear of magic. And mm -hmm. um, there was hell to pay if you were ever accused of uh, being a witch or, or practicing some sort of magic. And I thought, well, I don't wanna deal with witches. I, I, I thought, well, what if instead of witches, it was warlocks and people <laughs> were being accused of warlockery uh, and instead of it being just this paranoid um, fiction that it probably was back then, what if yes. it was real? What if there really was this network of warlocks doing something? And I, and I thought like, well, well, what would they be doing? And, and I should actually give a, a, a small little caveat here because <laughs> this, should only, this should be just a GM's conversation. Uh, because if you're not going to DM this, 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 and you're going to be playing it with it, turn it off now. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Spoiler you won't be, exactly. Because you won't be able to play it honestly. Uh, but the, what the warlocks are doing is working on this enormous 2000 year process that culminates in a ceremony to raise their otherworldly patron, give it physical form so it can have dominion over the material plane. And that's, that's the big story. That's the global narrative that is going to be existing. And the mirror of Malatesto is just an introductory um, low level adventure to 
introduce this setting and begin to, to put players into this world. And one of the other things about the Mirror of Malatesto and the Malefic setting is that it is meant to be somewhat of a uh, low magic system in the beginning. I mean, it is a high magic world, but it is a world where if you practice magic, you might end up hanging from the trees of Warning Grove. Are you making plans to do sequel adventures to this for this larger epic story is what I'm assuming or? Yes, yes. So this is, this is sort of like a little bit of a test case to see if um, it, this idea can gain a little bit of traction. Hopefully um, it, it's uh, well-received. And yeah, I have a, a massive, a massive um, global narrative prepared and, um, and the, the world setting is uh, uh, forming. It's, it's, I've, I've created a lot. I originally intended <laughs> to do this as, as a full setting and then it, the, all the pieces, it just became incredibly overwhelming. So I decided, <laughs> let, me, let me just focus on um, one uh, small part of it uh, and, and just get this done, give something uh, people can just begin to get immersed in. So yeah, it, it, it does, uh, it is planned to go, go much further than this. And this is just going to serve as um, an introduction. Well, that's, that's, that's awesome. I hope that it goes successfully and we can see the whole Thank thing. You. I always like, I've seen a few people now they've done where they've done a couple different zines they put out and then eventually collect it into a larger format. Is that something that you're hoping to do in the future or have thought about or? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I, I would really like to take this from uh, the zine format eventually to like, you know, beautiful, um, um, high quality, hard, hardback type book. But long before then, I'm hoping this goes out uh, initially. And then I want to start releasing just small little tidbits, probably for free on a blog about uh, filling in the various hexes that surround this um, initial uh, starting point, which is the village of Solomon. So a couple quick questions. Mm -hmm. What type of system is this made for? Excellent question. So, um, it's, it, I'm going to do a 5e and an OSR version. I uh, tend to play 5e, but I've been playing D&D since I was nine years old um, in the late 70s. Uh, so I have an OSR background and I have, I feel like the, the theme of, the, of um, the setting tends to lean towards a more of an OSR crowd. So um, I like the 5e system. And I, and I love the OSR system. I love the OSR sensibilities. Um, so I'm, I'm going to do two separate zines for, for the Kickstarter. That's awesome. I, I'm, I get excited. I play a lot of the older editions, so I'm always looking for stuff that's available for there. Stuff that's system neutral, I really like too as well. I tend to really gravitate towards that kind of stuff as well. Nice. Yeah. So you've been playing since the late 70s and you're running fifth edition now. What made you want to make that jump from, from, you know, from just playing the games to trying to put your own game out there? Oh, I, um, I've always been a creator ever since I was young. And um, 
putting out music zines when I was in in high school, and then in the <laughs> in the nineties, I got swept up into the the whole zine thing that was going on. Then when there was Fact Sheet Five and the and the, the compendium of all the the zines that were being produced, I did a zine. I did a couple zines called one was called Sticky Greens Zine, which was uh, a um, zine about music and smoking pot, which my parents were very proud of. Um, and uh, I did another one called The Sinner's Bible, which was just my sort of curated compendium of all the weird stuff that I was coming across in 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 those times. So. I've wanted to contribute to the RPG community uh, for some time. I just didn't know exactly what I was going to do. And then when this idea sort of struck me, I, I was like, I like this. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run with it. I've been thrilled with the zine scene, what's going on. There's booming right now. There's wonderful creatives out there. I love it. I like my, I used to buy a lot of modules and stuff like that. There aren't really the modules like they were back in the day now zines have kind of filled that gap a lot of times in little third-party creators totally i think wizards is missing out on a huge market by not going back to that format but 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 thankfully they're not because it does leave (laughs) a space open for us yeah, I, I think it's great. I've always been a fan of this I, this whole idea of like open gaming where the community has lots of input in what's coming out. Yeah, You know, at one point in time, TSR put out the realms and each of the different realms were the official settings for the game. There was no license for people to put out their own stuff. People were, there were small third-party publishers, but there definitely wasn't the ability for us as because we were all creating our own stuff half the yes. time. And for us to be able to type it up and have it rolled out in such a nice format, like there were zines back then, like you said, and I've been in the zine scene, but what I'm seeing in this zine scene and the game scene is very different from the zines that I was picking up at info shops and everywhere else. So It's explosive right now. And, and you know, third edition was such an exciting time when the, when, um, the OGL was out there and the, and the whole D20 system uh was being um um uh dabbled in (laughs) dabbled in yeah by 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 every publisher that that wanted to get involved that was that was such an exciting time too to have so much material uh come out and yeah it, it feels like that again even more so maybe yeah, well, one thing that I think that we've talked about a little bit in the past, I really want to get into, we need to do some episodes on that open game license, the legalities and the histories of it, because I think there's a lot of stuff to unpack there, but it was a game changer. Like, For sure. Like the fact that people were putting out their own hacks on the game, house rules were readily available for everyone, were able to check it out and go, oh, wow. They did this. They did that. Their variation of playing this is easier. Or I like this. And I love it being able to just kind of everybody have their hand at it and see what everybody else is doing and improve and build the game as a community is a cool a cool thing. I think. <laughs> yeah, and hats off to Wizards for embracing that too. Yeah, they. I've the company. Like I, I think more companies are. Like I know. Uh, free league they have an open content license type thing for the year zero system i think a lot of these bigger companies that put their stuff out kind most of them kind of realize that it's probably beneficial to have an open license 
who's buying these things, but people that are usually pretty creative. The dungeon masters are wanting to tell their stories in some form. And most of them are taking notes and writing up half this stuff anyway. So it only makes sense. And I think Mark Borg is a testimony to that too. I mean, they just hit oh. like some sort of uh, one thousand uh, marker of like 1,000 um, um, third-party releases for their system. Yeah. So it, 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 it's great for them to have a community supporting it. Well, some of the stuff I've picked up from Markborg is amazing. There's there's a lot of people getting great stuff on there. I do see, and I'm, I'm sorry, those of you listening can't see for a podcast, <laughs> but I can see while I'm recording. I do see those two knock issues up there. And I have to say, I love those things. We really need to take time to go into those on the show sometime. Knock is some amazing. amazing. Yeah. There's amazing stuff in there to add to your game. Some of the stuff that it's just things like that where others who are playing are like, oh, I've discovered this or I've tried it this way and coming up with some great input. I think it's really revolutionizing the game, even though some of it's happening with space they call old school. It's really not that old school of stuff. Some of the stuff is happening. Yeah. And a person could go broke these days buying, <laughs> <laughs> picking up uh, all of the amazing stuff that's being produced. And as, 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 as I have gone broke <laughs> doing it. Yeah, no, I, 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 I have to pick and choose what I'm going to back. I, I yeah. backed so much last year for the zine quest. I know there's going to be another zine quest. I'm seeing all these things come out. I'm just, I'm nuts over it. So the Kickstarter is going on. Well, as we're recording, it's not going on. But as this releases, I think the Kickstarter will be current at that time. How long is Correct. the Kickstarter going to be going for? So I'm launching it on the 1st and it's completing, um, I believe, on the 20th, maybe on the 19th. I'm not, I think the 20th. Okay. So the 20th, the 19th or the 20th, get over there quicker. You can to back it. <laughs> don't wait. because You don't want it to find out you go over there on the 20th. And it was really the 19th. <laughs> You're kicking yourself. <laughs> Could you tell all of our listeners where they can find you on the internet and Find the we'll have a link to the Kickstarter in the show notes more than likely, uh, but where they can find you and your work and everything online. Yeah, I think the easiest, cleanest place is on Instagram, uh, which uh, my my at is uh, malefic dot world uh, m a l e f i c dot world, right. and that is also the forthcoming website for the malefic campaign setting, which is going to be malefic dot world. Is it going to be malefic.world dot malefic dot world or malefic? Yep. Okay. The world is the, um, <laughs> the, the, the dot com. The dot com. Yeah. Yeah. It's I dot think world. That, I think it's good we point that out because I would have tried a dot com. <laughs> What's going on here? Uh, that's about all we got time for today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a positive review wherever you're listening. It really helps us out a lot. And if those of you that have less of us positive reviews, thank you. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. We have launched a Patreon. This costs us some money out of our pocket to get going and, and a lot of our time. So if you appreciate having a daily role-playing game podcast, patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. We're going to have a lot more there than is there now, but you, you can at least catch the episodes a little early up there. And uh, keep those dice rolling.